0: All right, welcome to On This Hill, a podcast of Church yeah. on the Hill. Here we are. Yeah, we're you're on back. The hill. You were gone for a week, but I you're back was. now. You were in the redwoods.
1: I was went on vacation for a week. My wife and grandson it was a lot of fun.
0: Yep, nice nice time off. Did you Airbnb it or did you camp in a tent?
1: Mm, we actually. Clamping. we stayed in the hotel oh that's nice yeah it's very simple with a nine-year-old it's the best practice
0: yeah and it was his first time seeing the redwoods yeah yeah that's a lot awesome.
1: of fun pretty impressive hadn't been down there in years but um if you've never been to the redwoods that's a good trip
0: yeah it's do you have some grandpa wisdom to lay on them like son this is how a redwood grows or anything like that <laughs> slow
1: and steady <laughs> 300 400 700 years some of the trees
0: i'm still recovering from the the nugget you gave us a few weeks ago about uh-huh. molasses yeah and... yeah
1: and the trees slow and steady it's another yeah. perfect example i know Yep. Yeah, it's a slow drip. <laughs> All right, well, we've got a few. <laughs> oh, that's what they've said about us. You guys are a slow drip.
0: <laughs> I probably got in trouble last week. I called Church on the Hill people hill
1: people. There is a distinction. There's hill people, and then there's hill people. Yeah, and yeah. I think we're hill people. We're on this hill. Yeah. That's the podcast. Yeah. So I'm glad to have you with us.
0: Yeah, we got a couple of questions accumulated while you were gone. Last week, we talked to Pastor Daniel. That was fun. Um, mm. But this week, uh, our first question is this. Uh, again, anonymous, we're not sure uh, who sends this in, but I like the question. What does it mean practically in my everyday life to mm. seek first the kingdom of God? I, I like that, and what are they referencing? They're referencing Matthew 6, so part of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's the NIV. Um, yeah, and then, and, and I think there seems just like an honest question, like, well, what does that mean? How do you seek first the kingdom of God?
1: I appreciate the question, you know, um, because I think it's kind of the core of what we call the Christian life or following Jesus, right? That uh, our lives aren't compartmentalized. We don't live like a Sunday life and then a rest of the week life. There's congruency, maybe is a word, where everything... Uh, not every day is the same, but the values that we say we believe in, the foundations of our lives apply 24-7, not just in certain time frames. And I think that's kind of where people get into trouble, right? They compartmentalize. Um, They say, well, this is my religious life or my Christian life, and then this is my secular life, and the two never Mm -hmm. cross over. And that's a lot of energy to expend and a lot of things to track of not to mention it divides your heart i think so right but what does it mean uh practically yeah well i can i say yeah, yeah.
0: first maybe i think it uh, presupposes scripture presupposes that that is not uh what the human heart does first right, right? that, yeah. that yeah. there is a seeking first that the human heart naturally does and it's not the kingdom of god Yeah. so i i think that might help identify well what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of god well, first, what does your heart naturally seek? And I think selfishness. Yeah. What's best for me? It, it would be the if I had to just baseline it. When we talk about Adamic nature or the sin nature, yeah. what are we talking about? I think it, it is a uh, uh, my own kingdom, my own self. What what would make my life and my day better?
1: Yeah. And I think on top of not just self love or whatever that is you're describing, like, but I think even self righteousness is something that's in our fallen nature yeah. that I want to be good. I'm going to be good without God. Mm-hmm. And um, the heart of the Christian message is um, God has made us good again. God's redeemed our nature. But if, if you think about it, you know, the question in my everyday life to seek first the kingdom, uh, I, it reminds me of a passage out of Ephesians where it says that he's, He's uh, I forget what version it is, but he's taken us out of the kingdom of darkness. This, this would be mm-hmm. Ephesians 2. And he's brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. So there's this idea of a change of power, right? right. A change of authority. But there's also the feeling, too, of a change of uh, of, uh, of, lifestyle. I, mm-hmm. I mean, so I've been set free from the power that was right. ruining my life, but I've been brought into the freedom yeah. of the power that enables me to yeah. live how I was designed, right?
0: Yeah. If there was a—okay, um, uh, so this last week we talked about, you know, the, the greatest commandment on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself being the second one. I think what what would be the greatest commandment of the kingdom of darkness? Like what's the first commandment of the kingdom of darkness? I mean, maybe it is if it feels good, do it or yeah. serve self or, or love you don't love trust yourself. Trust God,
1: trust yourself. Yeah. I mean that was the original lie, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Love yourself with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is I think honestly something that's being preached to yeah. At people today, like what you really need to do, your main yeah. problem is you yeah. don't love, love yourself enough. Right. Yeah. Which honestly has not been my main problem in life. <laughs>
1: well, and uh, and never tends to work out all that great. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's it's a uh, the carrot in front of the horse, right? The probably right. carrot where I just keep trying, but I don't feel any. I, I can't seem to ever arrive.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. And I was thinking about it in context too, because it's in it's in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so within the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, if you have a Bible that uh, has headings, which are not the Bible, but it's just, you know, great to kind of categorize, oh, he talks about this here, he talks about this here. If you look at that chapter, chapter six, the headings that they want to give you are things like give to the needy, prayer, fasting, treasures in heaven, do not worry. So if you had to summarize all these things, like what does putting the kingdom's priorities above my priorities look like it would probably look exactly like he was describing that 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 scripture yeah. that verse wasn't just thrown out as a one off yeah. but it was put in the context of hey how I'm telling you here to care for the the poor and the needy and the sick and the and the those in prison that's what putting the kingdom first looks like yeah, putting other. Yeah, people. it's like he
1: he he puts handles on it, so to speak. If you want to know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, John, uh, the gospel writer, John said, "Hey, you know," uh, uh, he, he said, we, "We we This is how we know we have been changed. You know that we love God and yeah. we love our neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually uh, this this coming Sunday. Hey, what does it mean to love yeah. your neighbor? And so." The everyday life thing, I think, is like I said earlier, is is just this awareness that I'm not my own. Mm-hmm. I've been taken out of a kingdom of darkness. I know where I've come from. I've kind of know too where I'm headed. I'm I'm headed to the kingdom, and and along the way, who has me? And so I think it's a lot of it's awareness. There's practices yeah. for sure, right? Yeah. But a lot of it is just being aware every day. Of, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I, I love that. Um... Augustine, I don't remember exactly how he said it, so forgive me if I botched a little bit. But he said the uh, the heart uh, the heart will remain restless until it rests in you. Yeah. That basically Christ is where our heart belongs. God is where our heart belongs, and so the heart, like we said on Sunday, is it's not just the blood pump; it's the center of who we are. So it's changing the center of who we are to put put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added. Saying all these things is what he's listing here. He'd talk, he was talking about, hey, you worry about your clothes, you worry about your food, you worry about your looks, you worry about all these things. He says, stop, stop. That's, that's your kingdom. Why don't you take on my priorities? And then you'll find that your priorities actually will change and will be met in a different way in me. And it, this isn't a prosperity gospel we're saying, "I serve me and you'll yeah. have the finest clothes. Yeah. Serve yeah. me and you'll have, because, you know, just previous to this as well, this is to store up your treasures in heaven uh, because moth and vermin destroy what's going to be stored up here. So, again, my priority, my natural priority would be like, man, I better make sure I'm taken care of. I, who knows where this world is going who knows what next month is going to be i mean they're they're talking about a big crash or a big reset you know i, I want to make sure that i have everything that i need and what if instead of doing that i stored up my treasure in heaven which would look like according to the scripture in matthew chapter 6 maybe like taking care of others like investing in caring for them and giving giving to the needy so that that is something like oh i it looks like I've lost something. I've I've taken part of what I have. I've given it to somebody else. It looks like I've lost something, but Scripture is telling me yeah. actually, you've put it somewhere. You've yeah. put it in a bank account that yeah. no one can steal from. Right. Yeah. Like that will now be yours forever. Where if I had only saved it for myself or spent it on myself, it would be it would come and go.
1: Isn't it interesting if you were to just take that question mm-hmm. and just flip it uh, to its opposite? What is it? What would it practically? Look like in my everyday life mm-hmm. to seek the kingdom of self? You know, it wouldn't be hard to put practices to that question, right? To right. seek the kingdom of self. I yeah. would make choices that benefited me. Mm-hmm. I would hoard things. I would not, uh, you know, I, I'd look out for myself above all else. I, so I just think that there's something really kind of organic about mm-hmm. this idea of practically in my everyday life. Our lives are made up of years, but those years are made up of days and hours. Yeah. So there's a bunch of practices, and they even use the word practically, there's a bunch of practices that make up our everyday life, right? Mm -hmm. And, And the Sermon on the Mount and other things are those practices of giving my time away, giving my resources away, but not, like you said, giving, but investing in this invisible yeah. kingdom that Jesus describes and that we can see around us. We mm-hmm. see the kingdom in people. Yeah. We see the kingdom in uh, in 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 children and kindness and other acts and missions. We see the king we've all seen the kingdom at work. Right. But sometimes it's been brief glimpses because we've only had brief practices. But you talk to people who have hmm. sort of given their lives to yeah. missions like, like there used to be this dichotomy, right, where when we were in missions, it was like, oh, that must be interesting to have a life of missions. Yeah. Like there were two different categories mm-hmm. of life. But, but what what you find is that it, our life is just made up of basic mm-hmm. practices. Like someone said, you sow a thought, you reap an action, you sow an action, you reap a habit, yeah. you sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. That sounds kind of maybe cliche ish, but that's actually true. Mm-hmm. Whether it's learning to play the guitar, learning to invest and make money, or yeah. being kind to my neighbors, ah, you know, man. reputation.
0: You you said something there that's so, it's it's been on my mind for so long, because of my time in missions, and I, I think we had the same experience here, where people would walk up to me at times and say, "Man, you must just love China." Yeah, because right, yeah, they're yeah. what they're making an assumption. I do what I love and so you're doing what you love you must just love yeah. china and and i i i do love i did love china i i but they were they were wrong in their assumption that i was just doing what pleased me
1: right yeah
0: and yeah. cuz they cuz they thought well if it pleased me to move to china then i would move to china but i it doesn't so i won't yeah. but it must please you to do that so you've done it yeah and i would try to always try to move that conversation into lordship and like actually that's not why I'm there at all. Because if I was just doing what I loved... Probably wouldn't be there. I'd be on the beach, I'd be, yeah. you know, like it would not be this. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not does, doesn't mean I don't have a love for it, but it's different than what you're what you're trying to get at. And but it's to, subtle, isn't it? It is. It's subtle yeah.
1: because I don't think people actually see the subtle. Like, yeah. so someone, a lot of people would say to me, they would, uh, you know, we were living in another country, raising our kids in another country, mm-hmm. and they would ask how that worked. Like, how does yeah. that work? You're like, yeah. what do you guys do for school? And what do you do for uh, money? And, and what do you do for this and that? How do you do the holidays? And, and you'd explain it the best you could in the mm-hmm. time you had. And then... Oftentimes, people would say, it must be something to live by faith. Yeah. And again, kind of that same yeah, nuance, yeah. right? Like, well, wait a minute. I thought everybody who's a follower of Jesus lives by faith. Yeah. In fact, over the years, I've thought about it even more that I think everybody does live by faith mm-hmm. of so- in something. Mm-hmm. So I'm either going to live by faith that in my everyday life. I'm here on the earth to please me. Mm-hmm. I'm the center of the universe, and that takes a measure of faith. Or maybe there is, you know, there's there is no mm-hmm. God, there is no uh, there is no power, there is right. no order. That takes faith. Or there is a God who is intimately involved with his creation, mm-hmm. longs to have a relationship with me, and he longs to walk with me every day. And I, we we work together, we're co-laborers together. That takes faith as well. But, yeah. But I think everybody lives by faith. Yeah, we've
0: made a strange category of what it means to live by faith. We basically yeah. mean when i think when people say that they mean well it missional somehow other people support you a little bit superhero but what it actually means is christ supports all of us we all have to live by faith. if you're a if you're a believer then what you believe is that christ supports yeah. you yeah. where yeah. you couldn't support yourself not just financially but in the spirit world bef- before judgment he supports you
1: yeah, yeah. and and, it, and i think it i really has to do too with your uh, your your perspective on life and, and mm-hmm. time and and eternity, right? Because uh, if if um if, if, if I'm a follower of Jesus, then somehow there's this everyday life thing that uh, that plays right. plays into that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's funny if you would ask that question. Well, what does it mean practically in my everyday life to to be married? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little bit easier to wrap your mind around if you want a healthy marriage, right? Mm-hmm. That there's certain things we do, there's certain perspectives right. we have, there's certain boundaries we have, and yeah. it's not it's not uh, it's not real sh- it's not real uh, fuzzy around the edges. I mm-hmm. mean, I think you could pretty much nail it, yeah. but I think that's what the sermon on the mount was so cool mm-hmm. for because it practically gave you some handles.
0: Maybe just you know lastly, look at looking at this chapter where that scripture comes from. One of the things that really stands out to me in this conversation is fasting. Because it it doesn't do anything for anybody,
1: makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. In a in a, in a it unbelieving does, yeah. world,
0: you're not you're not giving to the poor. You're you're not what you're just withholding something in a way from yourself. But I, I find it interesting because it 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 so goes against like we would say our our natural kingdom, which is to just take care of me. To actually stop eating food and concentrate instead on feeding my soul on on having a conversation with God is a reset I think we all need that is a practice that would help us I think answer the rest of the question of what does my day look like mm-hmm. that if I if I practice this I, I I think it I think it's a it's a key that would unlock some interesting things for people this
1: question obviously deserves more time but yeah. I think it, again like I said at the beginning it's such a core question to our existence, because I think we all do what we do for certain motivations, right? And I think maybe this is more complicated than I'm, I'm I'm making it more simple maybe than it is, but I think we do what we do because it's, it pleases me. Right. I think that's the most base motivation. I Mm -hmm. want it, that's, that's a toddler. Yeah. I do what I do because I want what I want. Yeah. And nothing wrong with being a toddler Mm -hmm. when you're a toddler. Yeah. There is something wrong with being a toddler when you're 24. Acting like a toddler, but then yeah. the next level is, well, I do what I do because um, I, I kind of want to help others. That's that's another level. It's mm-hmm. higher and it's a little more noble. But at the end of the day, that can actually be mixed motive yeah. as well, because I could be helping others because it's still yeah, bad. makes me feel great. People good, yeah, people make yeah, say great yeah. things about me. Virtue signaling. Yeah. This is what I did, and but then the third level is kind of like the fasting thing. I do what I do because Jesus is worthy. Mm-hmm. I think living at that level is not an easy thing. Uh, it's not a natural thing, maybe, but I think when you get to that part of your life or that maturity level or something, that decision level, then I think it changes a lot of things uh, behind the scenes. Uh, it answers questions about what do I do with my money? What do I do with my mm-hmm. time? What about my sexuality? Right. What about, what about, And if Jesus is at the center of that, that he is worthy, then sacrifice and obedience, Mm
0: -hmm. fasting,
1: all that seems to make sense. And I don't need the applause of people. I don't need, uh, the, I don't need Thanksgiving. I don't need for people to exalt me or I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm free in a way that nothing else, uh, like nothing else can set me free. Just to
0: be clear too, we'll go to the next question, but, uh, I still act like a toddler sometimes. I still do. Like I've I've been a brilliance, don't we? Yeah, I've been in in the kingdom for a long time, and I'm still working on this. There's still so many times I choose to serve myself over the kingdom, but that's sanctification process of moving us towards. You know, well, that's what when I say fasting, one of the things Paul likes to say is to to. Kill the flesh, mortify the flesh, put to death the deeds of the flesh. He has these different ways of saying it, like, and he said, "I die daily." I die daily. Yeah, yeah. So there are, there are. That's part of what fasting does, but that's also what giving can do. It, it, it's what just loving and spending time with someone else can do. It's putting to death the deeds of the
1: of the flesh. And it's getting up every day with an orientation, right? I mean, a good illustration of this, I think, is like the sailing illustration that Mm -hmm. on an ocean that's constantly moving, I'm sailing to a destination. I've set my course, but my course is affected by the currents underneath my boat. And so I am constantly aware, oh, I drifted. Mm-hmm. that that little tam that little temper tantrum that i just had yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounded like my 6 year old i'm going to i'm going to go ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. i'm going to say i'm sorry that selfish yeah. act oh that's just, i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to work harder yeah. with with the grace of god and so it's 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 never a one and done decision mm-hmm. it's a constant daily sort of a setting and resetting of yeah. your course and we there's need, grace for
0: that we need Wes holton here to Talk about sailing. Teach us about sailing. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's look at this uh, other question um, before we get out of here. Uh, I'm going to try to condense it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, This is a family question, so I like it. Family month. What what would be any danger of letting uh, my kids play make-believe pretending to be superheroes. Mm. And then they, they go a little bit farther and they describe how there was, it seemed like there was a conflict in the family that uh, someone in the family didn't want the kids to play like superheroes because they were saying, well, God is is the most powerful one and those are God's powers. We don't you know play like yeah. that <laughs> kind of thing. And, uh, and this person is saying, like, I, I, I get it. These are fictional characters. My kids understand that. But is my relative right? Is there something that I, I should be aware of that if I let my kid act like... Thor or Superman—that it, that it's going to lead somewhere dangerous. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I you know you you think of the writers over the last hundred or hundred and fifty years, like Tolkien mm-hmm. or or C.S. Lewis, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia, how mm-hmm. those were allegorical stories, right. uh, but they were pointing to a bigger truth. So they mm-hmm. were they were fantasies, but they were ho- written to stir our imaginations towards yeah. a greater truth, mm-hmm. and so. First of all, I think all superheroes are just an imitation or a shadow mm-hmm. of of yeah. of the kingdom of God and yeah. of God's power, like like they say. Yeah, I
0: think it shows like a hunger in us yeah. for the super yeah. For the supernatural. We want something otherly. We want something supernatural. We want something bigger than ourselves. We need yeah. a hero. Like, yeah. it, it, there's a longing inside of us for that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting watching Superman when you were a kid, right? I yeah. mean, years ago, this will date us, but Superman, you know, the start of every program was Superman, first of all, stopping a speeding bullet or a locomotive yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. but he was always the good guy. Right. He was always the guy, and Batman, and those those early yeah. characters were were trying to prevent evil from taking over, or right. from evil from triumphing. Now, of course, a lot of that has changed, right? Where the the uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the bad guys are a little, and the good well, guys yeah. are all mixed up.
0: There's an antihero now that yeah. you know I, I I kill, but I yeah. I did it for the right reason, yeah, yeah. or the reluctant. Hero, or they get compromised yeah. or something.
1: Yeah. But isn't it isn't it amazing? Though I mean, wouldn't it be true that all of those are like this longing, this deep longing. C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. talked about this, tapping into yeah. this longing in our soul for it, for something greater, for a power mm-hmm. that uh, doesn't have us at its mercy. It's not an evil power where yeah. it's mercy, but...
0: There's a great article, uh, C.S. Lewis. I hope I get it right. I'm pretty sure it's called uh, On Fairy Tales, where he actually talks about this. Mm-hmm. It, it's a really, really... Great article. Um, my daughter right now is uh, is overseas uh, studying, and part of what she's doing as, as literature, she's looking at C.S. Lewis and some of the other authors and seeing the connection. It's a it's a Christian program to see the connection between mm-hmm. the fantasy and the reality. And the now, reality. S- with C.S. Lewis, it was thinly veiled, right? We all knew Aslan yeah. is Jesus. Um, but can you find redemption in Marvel and DC, or is it a dangerous, slippery slope? And and I think it's a real, it's a valid question um, because w- whether it's this or something else, your kid is going to be drawn to something that might make you uncomfortable. And and I, I think our the the temptation is to simplify it and just say we don't do that. Right, just draw a line and right. say superheroes are bad. We don't, they are they're not glorifying to God or, or something. So we don't do that. Um, and, and for certain ages, I think that's an appropriate response to some things. Yeah, sure. For, for a, a really young kid, you, he's not going to understand the nuances of a particular story or a song or a, or a book. Yeah. You're just going to have to say, that's not for now. But hey, there'll be a day when Mom and Dad are gonna. Maybe we'll read that with you, or we'll we'll do something. We'll look at that with you. But I I think the approach that my wife and I have tried to take, and I, I think you've mm-hmm. tried a similar approach with your boys that are grown, my girls that are grown, was um you know when we came to one of those decisions, whether it be a song, like, okay, Taylor Swift has a new album out, Dad, can I buy it? And uh, and I didn't have an automatic yes or a no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I just didn't have an automatic yes or no. I said I would be like, oh well. I'm, first of all, I want to be excited about what they're excited about. So they love Taylor Swift. I don't love Taylor Swift. I'm like, oh cool, yeah. <laughs> Taylor yeah. Swift. I, I wonder, quite, yeah. wonder what guy has wronged her this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then Western. we would we would look at it together because you know, thankfully my daughters have followed Jesus. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean there's never been a time in their life that they they weren't struggling with their faith, but they had an agreement like, yeah, I want to be a Jesus person. I want to be a believer. And so we would have to look at some things and go, you know what? I think this passed the test. This is just a a song about a heartbreak. That's within the realm of human condition. There's nothing ungodly. Yeah, buy that. Let's sing it together. Let's Let's have have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. And other times they'd say, you know, I want to watch this. And I'd say, look, I not not no let's look let, let me tell you why let's take a look at it and see why i think this would be a bad idea for us to look at because of what we believe and what it's what it's saying it believes i just don't think it's compatible but i didn't have a automatic yes or no i had a let's look at it together approach
1: well i think it's interesting that jesus on the earth while he was teaching would use fantasy stories called mm-hmm. parables yeah. to Illustrate a, a greater truth. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters yep. seed in the ground. Uh, it's like a mustard tree. It's what. So he wasn't using superhero fiction, but he was using fiction yeah. to illustrate a greater truth. And I think I agree to to just... um, uh, We've been given this imagination. Now, again, I yeah. think the imagination needs to be submitted to God like everything else, like my mind and thoughts and actions. But, man, what a beautiful thing that God has given us, the I'm referring here specifically the ability to create, right? And that creation stirs us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going had an, a, 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 a time in my life when I went to uh, a Circus Soleil. Oh. I'd never been one, and and we took our son, and mm-hmm. we had great seats. And I'd never I didn't know exactly what to expect. I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't just your average circus with elephants and clowns. Sure. And as it started, it was this incredible. Hmm. Performance mm-hmm. b- of musicians and acrobats and all this other stuff and music and sound and lighting and mm-hmm. and uh, I actually I actually wept during the performance. Totally secular performance. It wasn't a gospel thing, but what moved me was the creativity. Huh. What moved me was the incredible yeah. skill of these people. So. It, it, it because it's not a Christian circus or a mm-hmm. Christian performance. Does it make it without merit? I I don't I don't no, I don't I don't yeah. think so. I think the yeah. world is there for us to see. Yeah. But I think the filter is important. Yeah, yeah. I think. But that...
0: I think what we're trying to do is teach our kids at every age and stage, and at the younger ones, it's going to be the harder ones. You're going to have to be their filter because they right. you, yeah. they just can't have a filter yet when they're really really little. But then you're teaching them to put on gospel glasses and to look at everything through that lens and evaluate, not just uncritically consume, right? We're not called to be consumers, yeah. uh, but to take a critical look at the culture. And, and I think the ultimate example of this in Scripture would have to be Mars Hill, uh, in my opinion, because Paul is on Mars Hill. He wants to reach the literally like the marketplace of ideas. He's in a place where ideas are debated. And he he actually starts with one of their philosophers, and he says, "In him we live yeah. and move yeah. and have." That's he's quoting a, a non Christian right. poet, a, one of their so current peers, yeah. so to speak. So the yeah. same way that you might uh, I'm trying to think of a, a movie that you've referenced uh, in a sermon before. Um, uh, oh, you, I mean, there's some obvious ones, uh, uh, maybe, but I think The Apostle is one you've, you've yeah. used before. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Crazy. I mean, that, yeah. that movie, a flawed character. Oh, a
0: very flawed character. If you looked at it, you're like, oh, this isn't a Christian movie at all. Yeah. If anything, like, Christians look bad, but that's worth looking at. Yeah. Right? And so that's what he does. He looks at what they're, he starts with where, what they believe, and then he tries to, to make a road to the gospel. And then that was a mixed, you know, opportunity for him in in that instance, but I think that's what we're called to do. And I think completely cutting ourselves off from the culture means... Uh, it's a struggle then to make those roads because yeah. we don't even know where they're starting. Yeah. Like We don't even know the story that they hold as the core of their being. You know, Even if it is something as silly as Marvel, if I
1: can make that a bridge into yeah. the gospel. But I think it, that's interesting, the term road back to the gospel, because in a nutshell, mm-hmm. that's called redemption, right? Yeah. I see flawed humanity. I see even a flawed superhero or flawed philosophy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But redemption says, I'm going to take it back to... Yeah. The gospel truth. Right. So every superhero mm-hmm. is is a flawed character. I yeah. mean, there are no perfect superheroes. They're either they get compromised or mm-hmm. Kryptonite or something. Right? Yeah. They're not perfect. They're not infallible. They're not all knowing. Yeah. Where I think it's an opportunity to again, like you said, bring the road back to the yeah. gospel. To point to the greatest superhero, yeah. the greatest story ever told, the greatest kingdom, the eternal mm-hmm. kingdom. That yeah. um, all those kind of point to, but in a limited way.
0: Yeah. There's an author I really like right now. Um, I think if I'm getting his name right, it's James K.A. Smith. And uh, he he talks a lot about the secular having a longing for the supernatural, they're haunted by Mm -hmm. a need and a want for God. They miss the God that they've rejected, and so they try to make a God to enjoy. And that you can sometimes start there. I mean, you have to obviously reject it. Thor yeah. is not Jesus, Yeah. but maybe I can start there and move towards. Yeah, Jesus. I honestly
1: believe that's true. I, I think that the we've seen this incredible increase in superhero movies. Yeah. Because I think as a culture maybe drifts from the story of God, mm-hmm. which is again someone I forget who it was. A writer said the reason we cease to wonder at it is because we've stopped looking at it. And I think there's this idea that, man, if you look into the story of incarnation, the story of of creation, the story of a fine-tuned solar system, It it goes beyond any fantasy oh, yeah, that anybody yeah, could ever yeah. imagine. I mean, we have to remember it it superheroes mm-hmm. were created in a studio somewhere right. in Southern California for the most yeah. part, right? Yeah, in a Hollywood studio, so they're yep. they're fictional, but they're made they're they're created yeah. by human minds. But the human mind is limited. The human mind is flawed. Story of God. My
0: final word on this would be, um, wherever then you and your kids land just be careful not to make that your conviction, not to make yeah. your conviction everyone's conviction. There are things in Scripture that are all of our convictions, right? There are th- like, oh, this is scriptural, we're not to steal. But in places that are peripheral that the Scripture doesn't talk about, don't make your, your uh, conviction not to listen to that artist... Someone else's yeah. conviction not to listen to that artist. Yeah. That you you allow for charity in that place where scripture isn't perfectly isn't clear. Perfectly clear, yeah. yeah. Where it is perfectly clear we should call each other Absolutely, to accounts yeah. we should be accountable to one yeah. another. But in those other places, allow allow for charity and grace. Yeah. Okay, we probably need to stop, right? I think we're running out of time. What superpower would you have if you could have any superpower?
1: I was fascinated that Superman could just fly. You want to fly? Just jump off and fly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who didn't, who, what kid has not put a cape on and uh, tried to jump off the garage before his mom got to him?
0: Yep. Okay. That's a good one.
1: If you're out there, don't, don't try that at home. But yeah. Just saying. Teleportation. That's what I want. Teleportation. Yeah. Moving things. Yeah. You know. Yep.
0: All right. Love you guys. Yep. Thanks for checking us out. If this is uh, helpful to you, I hope it'll be helpful to someone else. Share it. And um, we'll see you on Sunday.
1: Yep.